0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Welcome, Philly, to your favorite sports show. Hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all filthy. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show.
2: Welcome in to episode number 82 of Babes on Broad and the beginning of Babes on Broad season four. Insane, Jess. We were talking about this the one day. And it was just random. You're like, wait, is this our fourth year doing this? And, and I was I- like, no, it, it can't, be. can't be. It can't be.
1: It is. It we is. added
2: two dogs, changed our last names, added a little baby on Broad. Yep. Crazy.
3: She's here. She's actually, she's recording this
2: with us. So if <laughs> you hear baby noises in the background,
3: she's giving her opinion on what will be her first Eagle season out of the womb.
2: Yeah, she was yelling the other day. She's already practicing. She's perfect. <laughs> yeah, she, she knows. <laughs> she honestly, knows. don't expect anything at less. But, uh, of course, I'm Sam Stafford with my co-host, Jesse Taylor, and we are the Bays on Broad, brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. So the Eagles, they're done the preseason. They finished with a 1-2 and two record. Really means nothing, but you do get to see some stuff. And it's fun in the fact that obviously like most majority of people can't be down at camp every day watching them. So that's like really your only time you get to see them. So we'll break down the 53 man roster today, give a little bit of a season prediction and then really get into like season and week one next week. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So I think, you know, for this year for preseason, it was more about, you know, those sort of fill in guys, right? Like I think when you look at the 53, there's no, there, there are no surprises, right? Like there aren't any guys that, you know, obviously there was, was competition here and there, but it was, you know, competition to make those last couple spots on the roster, not, you know, there, there wasn't a quarterback competition. There, there wasn't a running back one competition. There's not yeah things like that. So, you know, when you, when you look at it and start to break it down a little bit, you know, quarterback, no surprise there they didn't you know they they kept I think they have one on their practice squad maybe they signed somebody who was on I I forget whose practice squad he was on but you know Gardner Minshew and Jalen Hurts Jalen Hurts is your starting quarterback Gardner Minshew's your
2: backup yeah they got Ian book that's the one that you're thinking they brought in and then I think they still have uh Sinet on practice squad as well yeah yeah so like those are like obviously you're not really looking for your practice squad to ever come out but Right. Those are the other ones they decided to keep. So, yeah, exactly. Like you said, no surprise,
3: no surprise. You move down to the running backs and the wide receivers still really no, no surprises there at all. You know, Miles Sanders, the unfortunate thing there is there's an injury concern again. He didn't play the last couple of games. He hasn't practiced in a while. Um, you know, has a hamstring issue, but hope that's cleared up by the start of the season. Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell, and then your wide receivers, who mainly, you know, it, it, again, it was the the last couple guys fighting to make the team, right? Like, we didn't really see much of A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, because they were the guys that, you know, it, one and two. I, 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 you can't complain yeah. about those guys. Quez Watkins, Zach Passwell, and then Jalen Rager initially made the team. And then, obviously, Jalen Rager yesterday traded to the Vikings, um, really funny and interesting to me, honestly, that JJ Arthega Whiteside was traded to DK Metcalf's team, and then Jalen Rager was traded to Justin Jefferson's team. Wow, wait,
2: Heater I didn't even the roster. And I didn't even think of that. I obviously I knew the Rager one. I didn't even think
3: of JJ. Yeah. Oh my gosh! It just just funny and ironic how how it all happens.
2: Frustrating um, too. I mean, at least want to know. I heard something crazy that I didn't realize either. But um, we got more. Because originally, like, obviously you think, like, obviously we lose Rager, which it, it made sense. We needed to get something for him because he wasn't going to do anything here. Right. But it, like, when I first heard it, I'm like, damn, dude. Like, we got this guy with a first-round pick, and then all we get is a fourth and a seventh. Like, yep. it, and it, it's – so when you think of it like that, it's like, damn. But we got more for Rager than the Cowboys got for Amari Cooper.
3: Again, I, I will say this has been – this offseason as a whole – I will absolutely. I, we, you, and I give Howie a hard time relentlessly, and we I just think, call him on his shit. Right. I think he's <laughs> deserved every every ounce of what we have said. Right. Like he mm-hmm. criticisms that he's gotten were all warranted. We gave him a little leeway after the Super Bowl, but then it was like, okay, let's you know get off your high horse. I know you gave the Super Bowl, but let's let's do it again. How about you just do it again and you stop being yourself and do it again, and this. <laughs> Off season, he saw exactly what needed to be done and he absolutely 150 percent went out and executed I mean way beyond any what anybody imagined so you know got something in return as you said for for Jalen Rager more than the Cowboys got with Amari Cooper and Amari Cooper is also a former first round pick you mm-hmm. know and the Cowboys gave him all that
2: money it, it, like it mm, shocking I know And well just to go along with that too it is just um crazy to think too that like you have to wonder like just behind the scenes because obviously Howie just didn't change overnight and it's not just all Howie so Mm -hmm. like you just start thinking of it and it's like wow like Howie Roseman really like there's that much well him and his team really value Jalen Hurts that much more than Carson Wentz not even to bring him up but just how much that like For Carson, we were like, get him wide receivers, do this, do this, do this. And there were so many holes that they were just like blatantly ignoring. And instead, they would have that QB controversy. But they're really given, they're really given a whole chance to Jalen Hurts. Like they are all in on him. And that's part of the reason that like if he does fail this year, you know, 100% know it's him. Unless obviously knock on wood, there's injuries or some sort. But they really went all in and were like, we are giving this guy every opportunity because we like him that much. 100%.
3: Hundred percent, and they've absolutely taken advantage of him him being on the rookie contract, and not taken yeah. in a bad way. Taken advantage of just just the price, deep sure. price yeah. out and gone about it the right way. And look, you you build your team up, and if you know, there, I, I think, you know, you know, we'll get more into this on in the back half, kind of when we talk about our predictions and stuff. But you know, when you look at the roster and when you look at what they have right now, you know, the three biggest things. Or gaps or question marks last year or leaving last season were, you know, Jalen Hurts, is he the guy? The defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannett, like, is he the guy? And they were, they didn't really have an identity on offense and they were inconsistent in their play calling and things like that. So what are the three things they did this offseason? They got Jalen Hurts every weapon imaginable. They built up that defense, and Nick Sirianni handed over play calling responsibilities to Shane Sykin. So You have these three things that they, that were the issues have been directly addressed. So it's based, you know, and I think that's something that needed to be done. Like, you know, they, they had their issues up and down last year, but when you look at it, the three biggest, most glaring things were right in front of you and they did what they needed to solve it. And, you know, you can't really ask for much more than that. You know, they still have a fantastic offensive line. They kept 10 yep. offensive linemen. Again, not a surprise there. They kept nine defensive linemen. Again, not a surprise for the way that they like to rotate guys. The biggest – I guess the biggest surprise, and it's not a surprise of who made the roster. It's more just a surprise last year's roster to this year's roster, is, is that linebacker
2: position. How happy does that make you? So happy. Like, just that's what I'm saying. It's just – all of the holes that we were saying last year have been addressed and not even just addressed where they're like oh we got guys like they got good guys like you said how we have 10 linemen our second string linemen are probably good enough to beat more than half the teams in the NFL like they're good and obviously defensive lines probably our strongest most stacked part too Eh, they might even be might be tied between both Sides of the line there, but like it's just so insane about how how he did this. He's a magician at times, and he finally used it in the smart areas that we wanted him to. Yeah, Uh,
3: I mean they kept eight linebackers, and there's talent in all of them. This isn't another you know Nate Gary, Alex Singleton, where they absolutely deserve to be NFL linebackers, but and you know unfortunately they were asked to do. Way more than their capabilities here, but these are legit linebackers. Yeah, and in you know, and they all have different strength. It's it's going to be really fun, hopefully, to see the way that these guys kind of rotate in and out, and then in the backfield as well. That was, I think, probably the weakest point. And up until yeah, up until Tuesday. It was still kind of the weakest point of the roster. And that was sort of where, you know, where we had questions. They signed James Bradbury, which was fantastic. So they finally had, you know, a solid corner opposite slay to go in there with Avante Maddox. Um, but then the safety position was the big question mark. And what is how we go and do it trades for CJ Gardner Johnson. And again, yeah. it's not giving up much. They own the Saints first round pick next year and this year and still taking advantage of them. Jesus. I know. Do- fantastic. How did how did he do that? He must
2: he must be one sweet talker. Let me tell you. I was gonna say he definitely talks them in circles. And they just charming. Like he doesn't seem just like but he does seem nerdy. So that's why I feel like he just uses big words and he talks them in circles and they like try to catch up. And they're like, Oh yeah, Howie, sure. They didn't imagine agreed to. Yeah. They signed the paper. Yeah, like because it doesn't make sense. Like it's not even just like he's bamboozling one team, like it's multiple teams. He just keeps doing this too. Right. But exactly like you said, like he he addressed everything. Like and then when it comes to that backfield as well, he had Bradbury and that was a gigantic get before all of this in the offseason. And then there still were just those little holes that you were like, yes, that is a huge improvement, but we're still weak in this mid part of the field and boom, got it. So like when he you just listened,
3: when you look at this roster, I mean, what, what are your thoughts? What are your, your biggest, biggest surprises? Are you worried you surprised by anything? What, where, where's your head out going? You know, looking at this, this list of guys.
2: Yeah. I don't think I'm really um, surprised by anything. I would say maybe like, it's not really a shock, but I was just like, Oh, okay. Like when they released Davion Taylor, because just for the fact that, I thought if they let go of Davion Taylor that they would do Kayvon Wallace also because I thought they were like hired drafted guys, I guess. And like I just thought they saw them in a different light. They deserved to be released. But um yeah, so I guess I was just like, if anything, that. But not really, dude. Like I like you said, this team was so stacked talent wise. Like it kind of like the first and second stringers were the kind of obvious picks. If anything, it was the third and fourth string guys that you were just like ah, who's the better player who do you want to keep around you know what I mean um I do like a lot of the moves even though like we said practice squad doesn't really matter I do like a lot of moves they did for that like I like keeping um Devin Allen there and stuff because of his speed and he did show glimpses here and there I think he can learn and that's a good spot for him to learn down there and see if he progresses so yeah I mean I don't have any complaints what about you?
3: Yeah, I think uh, apparently Ruby has some complaints, but um, <laughs> I, I think my, I don't have any complaints. I, the only, I, I think the biggest surprises to me is just simply the fact that these guys all are Philadelphia Eagles. I think that's like the most <laughs> surprising thing. It has nothing to do with roster cuts. It more just has to do with the entire off season as a whole and you know, what they, what Howie has delivered. I, I mean, after the last couple of years, he's really, I think, been a disappointment Um, And especially, you know, some of the things like, you know, the, the, you know, on the practice field argument with Zach Ertz, right? Like, yeah, that, those were the things that, you know, really led us down this negative Howie Roseman path. And then, you know, hanging Carson Wentz out to dry a little bit. And I understand people's frustrations with Carson Wentz and all the complaints about the player were completely valid. But when you look back on it, you know, there was a lot of things that happened and it wasn't ever, you know, this guy coming out and complaining or, you know you know, acting a fool in the media and, and, you know, having awful things to say about the organization. And even after he left, right? Like it's not this negative situation, like a Baker Mayfield situation where, you know, it's like, Oh, what are your thoughts on playing them week one? You know, I eat the crap out of it. it, it, That wasn't the situation and all the stuff was sort of coming out from this, you know, front office kind of deal. So it was just, you know, the treatment and the handling of some of the situations Post Super Bowl, I think that soured us on him, and then there was, you know, the lack of deliverables to go go behind it as well. So, um, and it was in the drafts, yeah, and and the draft. I don't want to give a start on the draft. <laughs> you look at it, and it's you know, it's, it's why is the Super Bowl winning coach being hung out to dry, and the GM who's building this roster that's terrible, he is untouchable, you know. And it was it, it was mm-hmm. a lot of fishy things going on. That's at least where my issues with it were. Um so I just th- i think he's he's uh you know credit where credits due he's done a fantastic job this off season. I won't say any bad words about him until he deserves it again. yet yes but, you know, he's,
2: he's no i agree i agree he's done a complete one eighty this year and it's awesome to see and it's really exciting yeah he's he's been
3: he's been unbelievable so i mean it- No complaints from me. So I'm really excited to kind of see what what this roster has to offer. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll give our season predictions, talk about what we think the Eagles are going to look like from a record perspective, playoff perspective. You are listening to The Babes on Broad on BGN Radio.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience.
2: Welcome back into episode number 82 of Babe's Arm Broad. Jess, so we ran through the 53-man roster, and now it's time to start just looking. Obviously, we're getting close. I mean, week one's next week, but so excited, dude. The weather's finally a little chilly. Like, thank God. I can't wait. But so we're getting close. Season predictions. What do you have?
3: So I think, you know, like we, we kind of talked about in the, in the first half, you know, I, the biggest question marks last year were, you know, Jalen Hurts with his weapons, Jonathan Gannon, um, you know, and, and Shane Steichen, you know, or the play calling, I guess. And all of those things were addressed, right? So you have all these weapons that Jalen Hurts has to play with out there, including the weapon that he is himself, right, and the threat that he is on the field not only, you know, not only is he improved in different areas, but also just, you know, the things that he didn't need to improve on as well. Right. Um, and then again, Jonathan Gannon and his new weapons, you've got a lot of fun things to play with there. A lot of fun rotations. You can have a lot of, you know, movement and, and change things up. So it's not always the same thing, predictable day in, day out, game in, game out. Um, and then you'll, you'll kind of see with, you know, what this, this new revamped offense has to offer. So, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about the fact that all of those things were addressed. Um, you know, again, age, bringing in AJ Brown, one of the best young receivers in the NFL. Um, you, you trade up for Jordan Davis. You bring in Hassan Reddick, Kaiser White, draft Nakobi Dean, you know, all of these things, it's exciting. And, you know, if, if Jonathan Gannon can't succeed with that group, yikes, if Jalen Hurts can't succeed with this group, yikes. But you know what you you know you have has to change from there. If both of them succeed with these groups, I, you know I, I think this team is really going to improve, and and they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. I, I mean, I think personally, anything less than an NFC East title will be a disappointment. Anything beyond that is gravy, right? But I think that the other three teams in the NFC East got worse or stayed stagnant. And the Eagles drastically, drastically improved. So I think that they should absolutely win the division. I know it's always competitive when these teams play each other, but they should no question win this division.
2: Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. Like right on the money with all of that, because you do see, like we said, all the advancements they did and absolute comes to absolute worst. Like, You're going to get big answers. And like you said, you're going to see that Jalen Hurts isn't this guy. You're going to see that Gannon's not the guy. And then you still have a good roster foundation for next year. And you go and just replace those pieces that we have two first-round picks for and stuff. So, like, I think it's just absolute worst comes to worst. Like I said, like, you're going to get answers for next year. And then next year, we're going to be a complete powerhouse. But I really think, looking at this roster, that we're going to be really good. And I agree with you. That obviously the Cowboys aren't absolutely terrible. They have some like key pieces, like Mike Car- Parsons is really their only key piece that like you think of when you think of them. But obviously they're the Cowboys. They're muster muster up something. Um, so well, I do. Know. You saw how they went out in the playoffs last year. I know. Oh, I know. Done. But, I mean, they always. I mean, I really expect just the basic Cowboys thing. I'll come out to a hot start. And it'll end how it always ends. You know what I mean? So it's It's just really really about eight and eight anymore. Average, (laughs) Average Average. not best. True. But so, no, I agree with you, though. I think uh, NFC East champion is very doable and needs to happen. Um, Yeah, I really, I really think that they're going to be good this year. So, with that being said, what's your record?
3: Um, so I had to remind myself that there was an extra game, um, but I, so just kind of thinking about it, not necessarily looking at specific games and what is a win, what's a loss, blah, blah, blah. Because I mean, remember last year, the NFL was just totally up in the air and everything was so backwards. It didn't make any sense. Yes. Um, I really think that this team though, could win 10, 11 games. You know, I think they could do an 11 and six, a 10 and seven. I think they could do better than that. I think yeah. – what is their line at now? Is it? Is it – it's over under, what, 10 and a half?
2: Um, the last I yeah. looked was nine and a half, which okay. is definitely – but I'll look it up.
3: They have the same odds as Dallas to win the NFC East, I believe.
2: Yes, they do. With,
3: with – I don't even – it wasn't even anything they did. It was just – all of a sudden one day, it wasn't like, it wasn't like a post a trade or something like that. No, it, no, you're
2: right. It was just, it was before the roster was even put together. Like the 53 man final came out. Yeah. So, So,
3: so yeah, I, I think they could do an 11 and six. Now I think there could be, you know, things in there that, you know, a weird loss that they should win. You know, they always give you one of those, but I also think that 11 and six is what is going to, win you this division?
2: Yeah, so I I agree. That will win the division, I think. But me, just like quickly, obviously I'm excited. So you have to take that into account too. But like going through and like seeing the teams, that that's what's hard about this is you don't know who's going to be um, the dark horse. You don't know what injuries are going to happen. So just looking at it right now, knowing how the teams are set right at this moment, I really think that they could go 12 and five and that's with me splitting with the Cowboys and being optimistic, not optimistic, uh, pessimistic and thinking that they should lose one. They're going to lose one that they shouldn't, you know what I mean? So realistically looking at this and seeing it right now, they could go 12 and five, I think. But with that being said, I'm obviously things are going to happen that we don't expect. So yeah, 11 and six, 10 and seven, I think I like 11 and six more, but um, yeah, very doable. And I think both of those will win the division. Yeah. I, I think you, you look at this team and on paper,
3: they should go 12 and five, 11 and six. There are things that are going to happen. There are things that are going to be disappointments. Yes. I think, you know, the, some of the hype that the Eagles are getting for their roster and for what they could put together. I know some people are worried about it having like dream team vibes. And I don't see that because I don't see that coming from the, the players themselves. Like, I think they're each confident in themselves in their own right. And I think that, you know, guys like AJ Brown and CJ Gardner Johnson, we haven't had that kind of confidence that borderlines on obnoxious arrogance in a really long time and I'm so excited for it like I absolutely love it I well I
2: love it too because of the fact that Jalen Hurts is such a good leader so it is going to be like that like hype like we're better than you kind of thing but I feel like it's also going to be like tasteful it's not going to be too much where it's like yeah so, like, I love that because I think Jalen Hurts is going to direct them and kind of hone it in and make it that perfect cocky confidence, you know? Yeah.
3: And I, th- I just think, like, it could be fun. It's, it's, yeah. you know, it gives me more 2017 vibes than 2012 vibes. I'll tell you that. Like, well, and that it's 100%. Like all these people that they threw together, and it's like, wow, this could either be really, really good and really fun or not so great and we'll see what comes of it but you know we saw what came of it in
2: 2017 no and I 100% agree and the thing that is similar to 2017 is because like we said how stacked this roster is at this point they do have good second and third stringers that can step up if they need to right so that is the key to success it's all about depth obviously this season is so long it's a high contact sport the it's all about depth If you want to make it in the long run in February
3: and their bye week is a little bit earlier than usual. They've been really lucky the last four or five seasons with a bye week. That was like smack dab in the middle. Yeah. Like week Um, eight, I
2: think last year.
3: Yeah. And I think they're a a, a touch earlier this season. So it's, they have a long back half. Um, And obviously the back half is where the majority of the NFC East matchups reside. Um, and you know, some of those harder games, I think they play the Packers in the second half of the season. Um, I'm trying to yep. think of other teams, November
2: 27th.
3: Yeah. And I, I think that's a Monday night game or a Sunday night game. Like it's a primetime game. Um, you know, they play down twice in the back half. They play on Christmas Eve. Um, so they, they've got some, some tough matchups going towards the, the opposite end of the season. So it'll, it's going to be fun. That's for sure. And I'm, I'm super excited. No, a
2: hundred percent. And I think it's also going to be fun too, just because right now, obviously we're so excited for this team. We're all in and they start game one in Detroit, but their home opener is against Minnesota who now just has Rager. They have Jefferson and stuff. So it's going to be fun to have them in for the home opener, play them in week two. And then the following week we play Carson Wentz. And then, well, and the commanders, Carson Wentz and the commanders, I should say. And then week four, we have Dougie P and the Jags. So it's like three back-to-back-to-back to back to back weeks now that we're going to see somebody that's going to give them that extra hype and motivation. So it's like added bonus motivation on there, you know? So it's just so exciting.
3: Yeah. I, I'm I'm super excited. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it to the home opener this year because, you know, mom life doesn't allow for many Monday night football games. But yeah. – but. The game against the Jags I'm hoping to get to and I'm hoping to bring the little one as well so it'll be her first game her first game she's got her headphones all ready to go she's got a Devontae Smith jersey it's 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 ready we're prepared so I love it it better be I, I, I think it's going to be fun I think regardless of where they go I think they have a really good shot to win the division and I think we're going to have some fun this season
2: yeah I'm really really hoping and I think we're right because it's not just our excitement. Like every year we're like, no, like this team can end up pulling it out. No, like I think this is like actually warranted excitement. Just looking at this roster and seeing what we've seen so far. Knock on wood, like I said, just hopefully the Philadelphia injury bug doesn't plague us once again.
3: Let's hope. I will say one of the, the goatiest of goats, Mina Kimes, said the Eagles have a top five, maybe even True. top five roster. And she is never wrong. True. But that is our episode for today. Thank you for listening to episode 82 of babes on broad as always. Thank you to SB nation and bleeding green nation for hosting us and make sure you're really followed and subscribe to everything with bleeding green nation. As we get underway for the season, Spotify, Google play, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you're liking, leave us a five-star rating written review, all that good stuff. And we will talk to you next week.
1: Support for this show comes from fundrise buy low, sell high. It's easy to say hard to do.